Hello and welcome, welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is a space for women, feminine, and non binary people who are black, indigenous, people of colour to explore their relationship with nature. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. And thank you for joining us again. Um, this episode is coming out on June the 1st, 2023. And we've just had May, obviously, gotten that under our belts, but this year, man, it is flying by and May did not come smoothly. It was definitely a testing month in so many ways. On a personal level, on a professional level, on a home level. Like, God, man, I want to say it kicked my butt. <laughs> I am saying May kicked my butt. But hey, I'm here. I'm here now and I am living to tell the tale so I'm grateful for that definitely grateful for that and I'm grateful for you to join in us again and we have invited back Catherine Luke Taylor um, for a conversation um, Catherine joined us in December 2020 the last episode of the first season of the podcast and it was such a pleasure to have Catherine back again. She's, she's such a, a warm, um, inspiring light really, um, working in ceramics and we may have touched upon that a little bit in this conversation because Catherine... And I was going to say lucky enough, but no, worked hard to get a Developing Your Creative Practice Award from Arts Council England. So we touch upon that award, um, you know, giving you as an artist that time and space to maybe research, develop a project, dive into something that you might have had an itch to explore, but maybe not the means so get this award, get this grant from the Arts Council, and you can. So Catherine will go into detail about what she got up to with her project that was awarded some funding. Um, and, you know, it was just really good to listen to Catherine and how she is building 
um, from a, a, a foundation, a solid foundation that she has been working on, developing, healing, um, practicing within, basically. Um, and it comes from that, that ancestral healing um, ballpark, really. And we talk about this because Catherine's training as an ancestral healing practitioner and what this means and, yeah, how, how it works in a sense or how you have to be open maybe to listening to these signs or symbols or voices or feelings and sensations. Anyhow, this... This conversation just really feeds into the journey that I am on this year. As you know, we've had some solo episodes around me talking, (laughs) yapping on about my healing journey. And this couldn't have come at a better time, this conversation with Catherine Luck-Taylor, because, yeah, it just feeds into everything that I've been thinking and feeling and practicing and it just gives me more fuel to add on to that 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 fire that that fire that was in my belly that is like yeah I do I do deserve to heal everybody deserves to heal and that path isn't linear as I've talked about it's spiraling it's circling but it's so worth the effort and I know it's not going to be any end journey it's a constant becoming becoming whole becoming free becoming free so yeah um so yeah uh check out this episode um listen to it take stuff on board and as always you know leave comments get in touch let's continue the conversation because we always love to hear from you good or bad and yeah and Make sure you listen to the end because Catherine's got some offerings that should be coming out now. June. Yeah, June. We're in June. Rolling towards summer. I think we have one more conversation to come out before the summer break. Um, and then we'll have a little little rest, you know. Um, and then we'll come back in the fall, in the autumn, my season. But we're not there yet. Let's be in the present. Let's get into this conversation with Catherine Luck-Taylor. Thanks for being here. Until next time, bye for now. Welcome back, Catherine, to the Earthsea Love Podcast. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much. So <laughs> glad to have you back. And let's just remind our listeners where you're calling in from. Mm-hmm. And let's just remind them how nature is integral to who you be and what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, Sherry. Yeah, I'm calling in from Cornwall, UK, but I'm right down the far west of Cornwall. So I live in a town called St. Just. It's the furthest west in England the town that's the furthest west and I'm not far from Land's End so I'm surrounded by gorgeous turquoise seas, cliff tops, wild moors, standing stones, sacred spaces it's just a very very beautiful wild part of the country and that's really what what speaks to my soul just being immersed in that nature. I can just walk out of my door. Even though I live in a town, I can just walk around the corner and I'm in a beautiful valley that goes down to the sea and just being able to have that access and to nature and kind of a particularly wild type of nature. It's very untamed and feels very primordial. It kind of like, it feels like it's been like that for centuries, which is very beautiful and special. Mm, thank you yeah um I did have the the pleasure of being down your neck of the woods last year June yeah. for our residency and I was totally taken by the landscape I mean I did travel all the, those miles for the landscape and it didn't didn't disappoint it just felt yeah. like a, a totally different world 
to me mm. um mm. with the colors and I do I do appreciate yeah. that wildness are you getting into the sea am I right in thinking that you have been at some point into the sea <laughs> yeah I'm not as hardy as you Sherry I'm kind of I'm I don't occasionally I'll go in the winter but I haven't been at all this winter but I'm kind of feeling the urge now like it's you know the sun's been shining a bit not today but the sun's been shining a bit and so I'm feeling that pull so once I get in at the beginning of the year so March April time once I kind of make that first foray into the sea then I'll keep going for the rest of the summer into autumn but yes I'm not as hardy as some of my friends who are out at 7am swimming in the sea I'm not I'm not that (laughs) that dedicated yeah but it is right though it is once you start like you say at the whatever month is the beginning of your year for getting in the sea you do have to keep doing it oh because it's just like starting over again if you miss too many days in between and it is that climatization and and I don't know about you but there's also a fear for me and it's a it's a mixture I mean and and well I don't know really I say oh yeah I know what it's going to be like but it I don't know because I do believe it's a case of like you know the sea is never the same sea twice no. so it's seas for me yes I'm off to the seas yes <laughs> but it is it's that fear it's like okay um what's it going to be looking like is it going to be mm. calm is it going to be storm and how cold's it going to be yes. uh, you know and how far out do I have to walk and there's all these variables yeah. that do feed into and 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 with that I don't know that primal fear that good mm. fear. and it's a case of like I know I'm doing it and I know it gives me so much benefit but every time I go there is that fear and I think also there's that fear is also who's going to be there and who's going to see me. You yeah. Know, I think that feeds into it as well. Because no matter where I am or, if, you know, I usually go to the same bay, I do still feel exposed mm. in a sense. And mm. it isn't until I've been in and come out do I feel um, I don't know safe in my surroundings thinking mm-hmm. yeah I do belong mm-hmm. yeah do you know what I mean you know yeah I know exactly what you mean I think because often when it's like the nice weather like the the bay near me it's um at low tide it has got a bit of a beach so you can actually get down and into the sea and it can be quite isolated which is nice but it's kind of there's also a safe area because there's like a little we call them mermaid pools where they (laughs) it's kind of very sort of like shallow ish so you can swim but it's kind of protected by rocks so you're not actually right out in the sea so that so like that fear thing mm-hmm. for me going somewhere like that feels really safe because you know I'm kind of protected by the rocks surrounding me and there's only kind of one little way in that the sea's getting in mm-hmm. so for me that's kind of how I combat my fear but yeah I totally get what you're saying about that feeling exposed and you know, sort of like you don't know what to expect. You don't know what you're going to encounter people, but also sometimes there's loads of seaweed and you can't quite see what's going on. And that's so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's good to have a healthy respect for the sea. So yeah. I think that fear is actually a good thing because it means you are going to be safe and you are going to take care and you're not just going to be blasé and just swim out (laughs) into the waves yeah I do I do agree with that some healthy respect for the sea I read somewhere just recently water licks back at itself to remember Oh, water licks back on itself to remember. So bearing this in mind, let's think about because I'm not sure if we mentioned it in the last time that we talked um, for the podcast, but (laughs) you had just received a developing your creative practice grant award from the Arts Council. So tell us what that entailed and how that fed into new bodies of work in a sense Mm -hmm. for you please yeah absolutely as you know I work with clay and my special I specialize in raku ceramics 
which, you know, my business goes really well. I make beautiful pots that are inspired by the Cornish landscape. But I also have this other aspect of my practice, which is very personal, very close to me. And it's drawing on my ancestral heritage. So I'm um, half Ghanaian. So my mother's side of the family are white English and my father was from Ghana in West Africa. And I was born and brought up in this country, but I've always felt drawn to, you know, my African heritage and bringing that through into my creative work. So getting the grant from the Arts Council was a perfect opportunity for me to spend a good amount of time. It's about six or nine months that I could spend just really developing a new body of work. And what was really nice about that was I didn't know where it was going I didn't have to know where it was going I didn't have to have any necessary outcomes I could just explore and see what happened which was just an amazing opportunity and I really made sure that I carved out that time just to have that process um one of the things I created as part of that I was working on some sculptures um which many, many years ago, I had this dream about um, these these women who came to me in a dream and I called them my mothers of the moon, my guardians, so my ancestors. And so I've been kind of like playing with the idea of, you know, having these guardians, they work with the, the moon and the water and what you were saying about the memory of water. So bringing all that through into the work. So uh, so I'd done a painting of these women years and years ago, and I kept getting this nudge. Yeah, you need to make some sculptures of these. So, so that's what I did during my during my time that I had with the Arts Council grant. So I made um, three of these women who kind of were a bit like in the um, Celtic tradition of like maiden mother crone. They were kind of like sort of reflecting those different aspects of womanhood mm. um but also they were very kind of serene protective guardians so that was kind of one aspect of the work and the other aspect was I think we did talk about on the last time I was on your podcast was working with the Adinkra symbols yeah so mm. they originated in Ghana and there's like hundreds of these symbols which are so beautiful and they all have different meanings and are related to different proverbs or different wisdoms which is like very ancient but also they're kind of evolving so they're they're very popular in Ghana mm. and there are you do see some around in the African diaspora but they're not very well known. So it felt like important for me to kind of like bring through that knowledge and that wisdom. So I was working with the Adinkra symbols and I also developed um, what I call Adinkra spirit stones, which are small stones. Well, they're made out of clay. I call them stones. They're made out of clay. So they're all hand carved with the symbols. And then I paint them with the glazes and I raku fire them. So raku is a, an ancient Japanese technique where you take pieces out of the kiln when they're red hot plunge them into sawdust and when you wash them you get these beautiful um crackle and turquoise glazes which I was using so for me it was about the process of making them that connection the alchemical connection with the elements and bringing those all together but also bringing through that ancient African wisdom as an energy in itself mm. so so I was making all this work, didn't really know how it was, where it was heading. During that time as well, I'd begun creating and hosting grief rituals, which were, in, were inspired by work I'd done many years ago with um, a woman called Sabonfu Some, who originated from the Dagara tribe in Burkina Faso in West Africa. She has now passed, but I feel like her knowledge and her wisdom is still spreading out around the world. So I was hosting these grief rituals and using the Adinkra stones and the Adinkra symbols as part of those rituals and just like powerful energy mm. and drawing on my ancestors and working in a very spiritual way, but also bringing in that creativity. Mm. 
I'd made Udu drums, which are like clay drums, which again originated in West Africa in Nigeria. So all these different elements mm. became an installation uh-huh. in Newlin Art Gallery, <laughs> which is I love taking this work into spaces where you wouldn't normally access this sort of work. Mm. So, so beginning of last year. Was it only yes, it was last year. I finished this body of work, and like I say, I didn't know where it was heading, where it was going to go, where I was going to show it. And then I had this opportunity to show in a group show called Captured Beauty, which is was cur- curated by Black Voices Cornwall, which was an organization that set up the previous year after all the Black Lives Matter um, stuff that was going on in 2020 and after the death of George Floyd. And like, so all this conversation was happening around what it was like to be black in a white society community. Um, So, and especially living in Cornwall, because it's very white, but there are quite a lot of us here. There are a lot of black people here, but you know, we're very spread out. So an organisation like Black Voices Cornwall kind of is a hub to kind of bring people together and, you know, share resources, share ideas and just have that support, that network. Mm. So Abby Hutchinson um, worked with Newland Art Gallery, um, which is part of their programme of events, which was using work that was in the Arts Council collection, working with local communities to create, curate Mm -hmm. um, an exhibition. Mm -hmm. So, and there was a few local black British artists who were invited to exhibit as part of that. Unfortunately, I was one of them. So I had somewhere to take my work. So I created an installation in the gallery, which is very much like an altar space. It was connected to the ocean Newlyn Art Gallery is really close to the sea so that it's already got that connection with the sea and yeah it was just a fantastic experience and I had such an amazing response Mm -hmm. and I know I'm talking a lot but I'm just so excited to share keep going keep going you're making it so easy for me keep going (laughs) and um, so as part of that exhibition I also hosted a grief ceremony for black people to come and be so it was very kind of like it was very invitation only it was a very safe space and it wasn't so much in depth as the rituals I do but it was like a beautiful ancestral healing ceremony and we we sat in the gallery space we had the whole space to ourselves Newland Art Gallery were amazing at supporting that. You know, they provided us food and drink and the space. And, you know, we had very low lighting. And I played my Udu drum and created this ritual space and just and gifted everyone with one of the Adinkra stones. And we also wrapped some beach pebbles that I'd used as part of my altar installation we wrapped them and we were giving praises to the ancestors and just kind of really acknowledging where we've come from and then as part of that we then we ceremonially went down to the sea and I had this bowl of water again this water that I'd collected from the sea that was on the altar and we were putting these stones into it as part of this healing ceremony. And we walked down to the sea and then I ended up going into the sea a little way, (laughs) (laughs) pouring the stones into the sea as part of this blessing and releasing ceremony. Mm. And a seal came by and popped its head (laughs) up. It was so magical. Yeah. It was absolutely... And also like a whole group of black people just walking from Newland Art Gallery to the sea, which, I mean, we did cause a bit of a stir, but it also was like, yeah, this is us, we're here. And we can, we're connecting with the sea in the way we connect with the sea. And as a group, it was just beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Oh my gosh, you're describing it and I get goosebumps. (laughs) And it's goosebumps that, you know, on my arms, but then they're coming up here onto my 
into my um cheeks mm. and jaw you know it's like oh yeah mm. and you know we both said magical at the same time <laughs> I mean you know and you know what I remembered there was a case of when we were talking about going to the water and that mm. yeah, still doing it giving us a moment of growth because we're stepping out of our comfort zones in a sense to take up space and claim space and just what you've said there about capturing beauty in that installation having that healing ancestral healing gathering there Mm. black people Mm. and then to leave there and go in a ceremonial procession Mm. towards this that is claiming and taking up space just as you said we have here we belong here and this is how we are choosing to access no this is how we're choosing to connect with ourselves with each other and with nature and that's so beautiful yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is it's so beautiful that is so rich what you you know what you described that that the the bodies of work that you created i mean like the mothers of the moon Mm. and how there is that connection of water and then the dinkra singles and I, yes. so i've got one and i think you pronounce it it's a-y-a and i say a-ya or a-ya which is a fern yes it yes, means durability resourcefulness yes. and what i was bringing today was um san kofa yes you know look go, go back and get it, which is usually symbolized with that bird with feast, feet facing forward, mm-hmm. but head turning backwards. Yeah? yeah. And I might have an egg between the legs some sometimes, mm-hmm. like even maybe craning it, craning or get it. But it is that idea that, you know, we're in the present, but we also need to go back to the past and get what we need, what we've lost, what we've yes. forgotten in yes. order to be here in the present, but basically also to go towards the future, to have those promises, to have those dreams. Absolutely. So, is it Sankofa? It is Sankofa. Yes, that's so, like, right. yes. so yes, so you've mentioned it. So like you've mentioned holding these ancestral healing ceremonies, gatherings, yes. um, and when you say this, I envision you as a maybe a conduit or a bridge, you mm-hmm. know, between the now and the past that mm-hmm. and, and op- operating within this in-between space. Can you extend on what you mean by these ancestral healing practices? Because mm-hmm. I know that you're training to be yes. an ancestral healer practitioner. So That's what right. does all this mean? What do- yeah. Yes, that's a great question, Sherry. Yeah, so so for many years, like I say, I've kind of had this own my own connection with the ancestors, and exactly what you say about Sankofa and looking back in time and bringing forward what's useful for the present. So for me, it was very much like yes, like a bridge between the ancestors and that wisdom to bring forward. But also for me, I feel like I'm that bridge between cultures as well, because I have those both cultures within me. So although I've had my own practice and my own ritual practice and my own ancestral healing practice, which I have been slowly bringing out and sharing with other people, as part of that journey, um, last year I discovered um, Daniel Four, who is teaching this method of ancestral lineage healing. And it just really, really spoke to me. I bought his book, Ancestral Medicine. The organization that he leads is called Ancestral Medicine. And they have all these different ritual practices. And the main, the main one being this ancestral lineage healing. So I did the first course, which was about healing your four, we call it primary lineages, but it's just kind of, it's just to give you a structure to work with this healing practice. So you work with your mother's mother's line, your mother's father's line, and your father's mother's line, and your father's father's line. 
So part of this, what I'm learning at the moment, which is so amazing and wonderful, is to how to guide other people to heal their ancestral lines and their ancestral lineages. The role of the practitioner is to create that ritual space for the client to, to then connect with their own ancestors. So the ancestors are doing the work. And you, you have to have a you have to have a certain belief system. So, you know, you if you can believe or just imagine that we do go on after death, there is a spirit, um, that we don't just disappear, that we are living, we're living where that why the incarnate we're alive and we're living or we're we're not so it's not actually some people say to me oh are you talking to the dead and it's kind of it's not like that it's not like mediumship it is more like you as a person just connecting with your ancestors we've we all have ancestors <laughs> wherever culture we're from so it's not culture specific it's it's available and accessible to everyone it just is about coming with a level of curiosity and and so i'm just really really enjoying the process and meeting some amazing people we've been learning the different steps in how to guide this work and also work in a ritually safe way how to deal with anything any issues that might come up any troubles that might be there and what is so beautiful about this work is your yes there might be troubles in your past in your ancestral lineage but that's not what we're focusing on we're focused on the healing and the blessings that are coming through and it's just such a beautiful beautiful process I mean I can't wait till I'm actually not in a few weeks time I will actually be ready to start working with the public and I'm just really excited to share this work because it's so beautiful and it and for me it's really helped with I've lost a lot of people in my life hence why I was doing the grief rituals you know my my mother passed over 20 years ago my son's father died actually five years ago yesterday um you know my grandparents are all gone um my father passed last year so you know I've had a lot of loss in my life but what this has done for me is just really know that when people pass that that they're okay that they're okay and part of this process is like healing and ancestralizing them so whatever has happened in life that they can be become more mm. they can heal even in death they can heal and that is just such a beautiful beautiful process mm. I'm yeah, this is this is landing with me on so many different parts of my body. Here I am itching my head, right? Because <laughs> it is it's that prickling. It's like not just the goosebumps now. It's the, there's a prickling because it resonates with me, and it's also I don't know if there's um if I'm putting a shield up or if I'm um making it more difficult than it should. Mm. Be. Because I hear you that, you know, okay, you've started this training to become a practitioner. And the yeah. first level, if I'm hearing it's right, is that you're working with your own four pillars of your your ancestry. Yeah. Um, so here I'm thinking that you're, you have to heal or do it be in a process of healing yourself. Mm -hmm. before you can hold space for to support others to, to for, the, for others to heal so that is great smashing lovely because that's where I'm at I've been doing all this um these um solo episodes of the podcast for 2023 mm. so far which has been about my own healing journey and how I'm emotionally yes. actively stepping into it so I yes. can heal myself so I'm there showing up better for others so I hear that right I get that. And then the next step here is like you're saying is you're um, offering, you're going to start offering these spaces, these rituals, this 
there's time and space for others to step in and start healing by listening. And I'm thinking it is listening yes. to those ancestral, and I don't know if they're voices or presence. Mm. So is that mm. is that mm. what it is? Because is it that you are listening and mm. it's whatever is coming through mm-hmm. is either that message or that that mm-hmm. and it might not be, you know, is it's not words or it could mm. be feelings, it could mm. be just signals messages that way and like okay it's everything's good or I'm at peace do you know is is this how it is this how it is (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you described it perfectly Sherry (laughs) yes so there is that element of like self-healing and healing at the moment healing my four lineages so um so I am ready and able to work with my ancestors to help you to heal and connect with your ancestors. Mm -hmm. And yes, it is about listening. And like you say, different people experience it in different ways. Mm -hmm. So it is partly like connecting with your intuition. Also, just letting go of any judgments of what's coming through, letting go of any doubts and just allowing to what you're feeling or experiencing to come through and just kind of just being in that state. It's almost like being in a deep meditative state. Um, And yeah, different people experience it very, very differently. So, you know, you might hear voices, you might see, see something, you might have impressions, you might feel it in your body. So everyone has their own way of connecting and feeling. Mm. And one of the things that is just so beautiful about the practice is as a practitioner, you get to be with your client and their people, mm. which is so beautiful. So the more that while the client is in that space, they can share verbally with you. And as a practitioner, we then make notes. Mm-hmm. So the client afterwards can can remember, because sometimes you just can't really remember what's happened when you're mm-hmm. in that deep meditation. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really beautiful mm-hmm. to be able to then give the client those words and those messages from the ancestors. Mm-hmm. And what is incredible is even as a practitioner, you kind of think, is this real? Is this really happening? Am I imagining Mm. it? Am I making it up? And then something will happen in your everyday life. And it's like, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's real. (laughs) Okay. Um, um, I mean, this is like it's tapping into so many different things here. For me, what you just said, I mean, you know, and I'm not going to put that label of therapy on it, mm. but just when you're saying that you're with your client and they're mm. with their ancestors and then you're taking notes to feed mm. back to them, it is, you know, but then, you know, therapy is supposed to be there for healing, is it not? But what I've been, I was reading this article because I've got to write this article around black motherhood right and about conjuring and um Mm. and this was about conjuring the ghost or a call and response to hates um hates as in h a i n t s which is uh, around the lines it's it's from like southern america like the deep south of america and it's a way of um a particular haunting presence and mm-hmm. this is the female um and yeah I'll add I'll add more details in the show notes but yeah what was coming up and what I'm hearing here is we're like my word of the year is listen what I'm hearing is about and I'm, I'm going to use haunted but I'm not saying it's ghostly or mm. being haunted and also haunting in mm. the sense of like these are my ancestors I'm listening to or sensing or getting signals mm-hmm. from, but then also it's me also. Do you know, yeah. in the sense of like, yeah. so it's a case of like, we're saying this is the ancestors coming through to us, but it, mm. it, at the same time, it's me. Do you, mm. do you know what I'm saying? It's a case of like, there's like, I can't make that, that distinction or that mm. division between is like, who is saying this? Because all the time it's my 
it's my thoughts it's my feelings mm. it's my sensations do you know mm. what I mean that, that's okay because it's my ancestors are within me they mm. might have passed but they're still with me and that yeah. can be through these messages or it can be that connection through the DNA or it can be me embodying them does that make sense yeah it's sort of like, yeah so this for me is also bringing in that issue of time and we've talked about time already but it's uh, that idea now I wrote something down about time the present is a dream of the future the future is an opening to the past mm. in the need to remember I see working with the ancestors is because we've had this disconnection from ourselves, from the community, from nature, from our ancestors. And this process that we're going through, this healing process is to remember what we've forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, we're doing it in the present to have that dream of the future and the future is having to go back into the past. It's almost, you know, it's this circular. Yeah circular and also spiraling of time Mm. (laughs) you know and I think that's so beautiful and it's so it is difficult in a sense to to get head round to talk about to theorize but at the same time I think it's so simple because all we have to do is be Mm. (laughs) you know am I making sense here yes so what is what is your relation with time because you're I've just said about you know your ancestors but do you also see yourself as an ancestor Mm. for for yourself and for the future you know for others yeah (laughs) I love this question yeah time It, it is like like you say it's really hard to get your head around and like it isn't actually linear it's like you say it can like be spiral and we can but yeah about being and being in the now and I think that is the key isn't it like being in the now but yes I do see myself as an ancestor and I do think about what legacy I am leaving for my child and my family and and for the for the world and I think one of the things that is so beautiful about this practice is that if you or I then heal my ancestral lineages then I become the face of the lineage yeah and you've got all that power beauty wisdom behind you Mm. and then you can bring that out to Mm. the future Mm. and to the future of your family and the people around you and the people you connect with and it is just such an incredible empowering and healing position to be in Mm. and it's like yeah I'm here I can stand strong I can feel rooted because I know that I've got all this lineage behind me. And that is that is being on that healing journey. Mm. You know, to be able to stand and be rooted where you are. You have to have been on that path, worked through some shit, you know. Yes. You know <laughs> accepted yourself, the good, yeah. the bad, the whole self, that yeah. wholeness. Um, and that's beautiful and that's beautiful and that's beautiful to hear but also to witness to see Mm. within you you know Mm. and there's something there about spirit work and the light and the light that you bring and shine for others so thank you (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful okay so we're coming to the end here it's like but not really because it's it's continuing but yes yeah. you you said that in a couple of weeks I'm just thinking you're saying in a couple of weeks you're going to be offering this to clients you're saying and what is this because you know you couldn't this is it now you could be putting out your sale pitch out your store. <laughs> what is it that you're going to be offering that people can tap into as um as a practitioner in training I'm going to be offering sessions so I will have something up on my website um it's, it's just going to be a part of my website, looktaylorceramics.co.uk. So obviously I've got my ceramic practice, but also I've got this ancestral healing practice. Um, and yeah, so I will 
depending on when I'm going to start, I'm not quite sure yet. I'm just going in the time that it takes. Ancestors are always saying slow down. So I'm slowing down. <laughs> not in my nature, I tell you, Sherry. <laughs> but no, I am so pleased you've said that because my practice for the last few years has been slow. But I'm good. I'm thinking, where am I getting these messages from? Where am I getting these inclinations? Because we're not getting it from outside, are we? Outside society, go, 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 rush, rush, rush. So yeah. I'm glad it's the message I'm receiving from my ancestors. And yeah. I'm listening. Okay. So yes, yeah, so you're going at your own pace. <laughs> Yeah, so I will, um, there will be a wait list or there will be the opportunity to um, book a session. What I'm, what I'm planning on doing is just offering like, you know, a free kind of session, like 20 minute just chat just to see if we're a good fit, if it's the right thing for you at this time. And then we can go ahead and start working together. So if you are interested, any of your listeners, then yeah, I'd love to work with you. I mean, I can see this work developing. So as well as offering the ancestral healing sessions, I am going to be developing work that is working with my creativity and the ancestral healing so this is all kind of developing it's all kind of under the surface at the moment so I'm really excited to see where that goes mm -hmm. and I am planning on next year running another retreat and mm -hmm. um, which will be focused on the ancestral healing and creativity so that's kind of something that's coming in the future but in the meantime I will be offering the ancestral lineage healing so very mm -hmm. excited that is exciting and <laughs> And this episode's due to come out in May. Oh, so, perfect. Um, so if we're saying now, we're going to put your details in the show notes. And yes. it's a great way of to keep up to date of when this is offering or what, how it's developing is, is your newsletter, yeah? Is right. you're going to be putting that in your newsletter? Because you, yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that creativity because like, for me to come back and do a full circle, it was a case of like, so ancestral healing training, mm -hmm. feeding back into your creativity. Yes. And what are you finding that's coming to fruition? What's bubbling mm -hmm. in terms of what you're turning your hands to? Mm -hmm. Then also, I'm sure the last time that we met was that you were actually, you had set up a, a collective community space for arts for younger people is that you know the youth of your area is that something that was is still happening or is it developed yeah there's so many I've got so many things going on Sherry so I'll try and keep it brief <laughs> I about it. But, you know the dialogue the conversation helps you work through it as so I've got like different aspects of also what I do that is kind of like community based so um, I work with a group called Coetha, who, which is a support group in Cornwall for families who are visible by colour. Mm -hmm. And we're actually in the process of applying for some funding um, to do some more work with the young people because they've they come to me sometimes to do to work with clay. And what I always find is those spaces then become something more than just working with clay it's about the connection it's about being around other people who look like you and especially like for younger people and particularly once they get into like the secondary teenage years it can be very isolating so to be able to have the opportunity to bring people together and like when you're working with your hands you can have conversations you might not normally so it is just like a real so I'm really hoping that that will become something that I'm going to be offering so that's something we're applying for funding mm -hmm. I'm I'm also a director of Pesseberry CIC which is a community interest company that myself and some friends set up um, at the end of last year and we've had lots of funding to work with young people um, so setting up youth clubs in Penzance and Newlyn so I'm not directly involved um, with running those, but I'm one of the directors of the organisation. And that has just been really, really incredible and supportive for young people who are 
you know, out on the streets, you know, don't have anywhere to go just in the evenings, you know, they don't want to be at home and they want to be out with their mates and they're just hanging around, Mm -hmm. causing trouble and getting into trouble. Mm -hmm. So this is a warm space for them, safe space for them to go and could also support people who maybe have difficulties or troubles and they can be signposted to different organisations. So we're a bit of like a hub in that sense for the young people of the area. And also we're we're putting in funding for lots of projects in the future. So being able to, one of the things which is really exciting at the moment that we're just waiting to hear if we've got the money is to offer like taster sessions of lots of different interesting activities for the young people and then they then get a bursary to continue that so they might kind of they might get a bursary to go and surfing or skateboarding or cookery or pottery or whatever all these different things we've got to offer Mm. dj skills and you know so it's very exciting and just to be able to offer young people who wouldn't have access to that who you know wouldn't have the money or the resources to be able to do these activities it feels so wonderful to be able to do that and be in a position where we can do that Mm. and as part of that organization and Kesseberry CIC were also working more kind of like therapeutically with people like you know I'm hoping that in the future we'll get funding to be able to offer more of like the healing modalities and just working you know I work currently I work one-to-one as a creative mentor for a young person who comes to my studio and it's just about supporting him to build confidence to then go on to art college or you know see where his creativity needs to go and I love working in that way it's just so wonderful to see someone's creativity blossom that's what I love I love it (laughs) totally get that totally get that and again that just shows that you are a bridge and conduit there it's like you know you're working with the ancestors are you in the past Mm. but then also you're working with the youth the promise of the future um so I just love that you know and again how you connect in all that spiral of time together so thank you for that and please share those organization links and I'll put them in the show notes as well so they become on other people's radar as well and they can check it out but thank you so much for your time you've been so generous of spirit on what you've shared here and you've just made my job so so easy because you're so (laughs) enthusiastic you know so embedded in what you're doing it Mm -hmm. as part of saying what you're doing but it's part of your being it's your whole being that you're bringing to it and I I so appreciate that and admire it and be inspired by it so thank you Catherine thank you so much thank you thank you Sherry it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you I'm so glad to have this opportunity and you know what it's really kind of reinvigorated me when talking to you it's like yes I'm doing this I'm gonna carry on doing this yes I really appreciate it no it's you that's doing it and it's just having this opportunity to reflect it back on yourself and to realize and see it and let it sink in it's like you are doing it so yeah so thank you thank you so much thanks Sherry it's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you